over the last of our three podcast chats, I have a feeling that mini trends will always be there. Plaid's big, it's the kitten heel this month, whatever. But I, I feel that the big train trends now are things like ethical sourcing. Um, I'm not necessarily saying even sustainability because I think that's gone beyond a trend. I think if we don't have sustainability at some point in the fashion line, then we're, make, you know, we, we, we're missing out. But also things like cultural appropriation. Um, I think things like race and religion. Um, the fact that, you know, for a lot of people now, the, the opposition between countries' religions and the secular side of the country, particularly very strong in America, for example, um, in presidential elections and so on. I think trends are important because they're more important trends now than we used to be like, oh, it's all about, you know, tropical palm leaves or whatever. You're absolutely right. There's a bigger thing going on, isn't there? There are these big socio-economic, geopolitical trends that are really having an effect on, on fashion and, and clothing and, and everyone's sensibilities. And, you know, there is a, a sensitivity around. Um, I don't know whether that wasn't there before or that it's just it's more heightened because of social media, but I definitely know that one has to think hard, um, very hard about sensitivities um, to religion, race, protected characteristics, all that sort of thing. And it's no bad thing, right? To be more aware is, is no bad thing. And fashion designers have always actually been, been quite aware, but there is definitely something bigger going on than just predicting the colour. And, and that does make a difference to everything that fashion has to offer, if you like. As I say, I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I think we should use fashion in, in, a, in a really positive way. Um, we desperately need positivity, Tony, and we desperately need things to be thought about in the right way. That's why, as you say, ethical, ethical sourcing is vital. It's, it's no longer good enough that brands aren't looking at this or investing in it and doing everything they can to ensure, you know, the, the best of materials being used. And the fact that you try and manage, you try and manage your sourcing, right? You, you do. Mm. And, and I, all of the businesses I've worked for have always, always um, tried very hard. But sometimes when your factories are thousands and thousands of miles away, it's really, really hard. It is. It's really hard. Um, so you have to go in with your eyes open. Mm. And the key thing for brands is to work out from a reputation point of view, if and when it goes wrong, what happens? Do you wring your hands and say, we didn't know? Or do you say, actually, it's a risk, you know, when, when you work abroad, but we had all of these things in place. And now what we'll do is put this in place in order to stop that happening. So I'm all for transparency and humility and honesty because actually nothing's perfect and and consumers don't want to be lied to anymore and they don't want the wool pulled over their eyes anymore and I think as brands and as fashion people um it's a duty to be able to deliver that yeah so integrity is everything even in fashion it's very odd how um we do things um, and sometimes a while later, we realised what we've, what we've said. I was working on trend forecasting uh, quite a few years ago now. 
And I did my whole seasonal thing was thinking, try thinking. And I think I was cleverer than I thought I was. It was instinctive, not because I think I'm so clever, but I think we are thinking more about clothes and fashion products. And I also think that the idea with lockdown, where we were all looking more inward, this idea of local, not global, has become part of fashion, where A, we're looking at our own heritage in each country, and B, we're not automatically assuming we want to bring everything in from outside. It's, it's you know, think about, I think about my grandmother, my Italian grandmother, and, and how, you know, what she ate or what she wore, everything was about what was available. You yeah. know, and, and even in this country, if you think about as children, what we ate, we ate seasonal vegetables. Yes. We ate things that, oh, it's, you know, it's summer, therefore it's peas. You know, yeah. I grew up in the, in, the, in the West Country and you ate what was in season. You yes. didn't go to the supermarket and buy stuff that wasn't available. In a way, the same same with fashion. You know, I think you're right. This this localism and this sort of having to move away from globalization will force us to mm. be, in fact, it'll force creativity. Because yes. if you think about it, if, if the availability of factory sourcing isn't there you've got to be much more specific and much more inventive with your design and it's going to mean much more i think that's quite exciting so when people get depressed about the challenges actually you're right tony it's just a different set of challenges for our designers and our fashion thinkers and i think that's quite good and i think they'll rise to the challenge of a you know, a, a reduction in availability. And I think we'll all breathe a sigh of relief, actually. Because we, you have to acknowledge that in terms of getting dressed, there are climactic differences across the world. Whatever you do, you can't change that. Even with global warming and whatever, there are climactic differences and lifestyle differences. So if you live in Northern Scandinavia, you are not going to want the same wardrobe as if you live in Malaysia. Exactly that. So we have to move away from this bland landing of certain, you know, kind of ranges at a particular time. It's not the way we shop. Anyway, it's not the way we live. No. It, it's what you mentioned before. It's this constant flow, you know, and, and there are some sort of times where things change, you know, moving out of summer into winter, wear more coats or more pieces of knitwear. But apart from that, we want our clothes to be more relevant to mm. our lives today um, and stop being so sort of finite. It, it's it's a bit, it's not contemporary enough that we would have these sort of, you know, cut off seasons at the wrong, where you can't buy a piece of swimwear in, in August. You know, it's, it's crazy when most people want to go away on a holiday or something. It, so that's, that needs to change. And I don't know whether you've seen that on the high street changing, but I, I, I and you know, it, it's about what you said, it's about locality availability and what's appropriate for the time in that specific country yeah. with that specific climate. Much and more inward looking. And appropriate is such a great word because I think it's it's part of the, the idea about how we've looked at diversity within the models that we use. The odd thing is we went backwards on diversity in models because 
At one point, we had Beverly Peel, we had Pat Cleveland, we had a huge amount of models of cultural and ethnic mm. diversity. Okay. And we went backwards. Yeah. We suddenly stopped seeing the attractiveness in it. We went away from that whole thing. And it's really odd that when I look back, um, I can't remember exactly, but I, uh, but I was interested that when um, the American designers showed at Versailles in 1973, out of 21 models, mm. I think 16 were culturally diverse. Mm. But then yeah. we went back again. Yes. I think it's great that we're going forward with it and the idea of gender blurring, of, of, of size blurring and so on. But I think we're still settling down with those trends. Yes. And that's why I think as trends, it's an awful word because it immediately kind of comes to oh, we're doing plaid or we must do orange or whatever. I always used to say when I worked in consultancy to clients, the trends that are important are the ones you're not going to do. <laughs> just because everyone's talking about them. Um, I always remember Betty Jackson about puffball skirts. Somebody asked her if she was going to do them. And she said, oh, no, dear. She said, by the time we threaded up the overlocker, they'd gone out of fashion. Yeah. <laughs> and Tony, when I think of listening to you talk, I always, I always have two words in my head, fads and trends. So puffball yes. skirts, fad, you know, yes. trend is underlying it yeah. sort of grows in tempo and momentum, lasts over a longer period of time, whereas a fad just sort of comes and goes. Yeah. And that's the thing in brands where you would get burned. If you if you push your way to in, into a fad and the timing was wrong, yeah, and you bought too much, you got your fingers burnt. And I think that's the interesting thing about online is I think quite a lot of online shopping is for fads. It's that Google search for, yeah. I need a fishnet mini dress yes is much more likely to be an online at one of those places online than it is to actually go out and set foot on the high street street to buy an orange mesh mini dress and yes. i think that's also part of the change back to talking about the high street is that when people go out to shop they've got slightly more serious intent perhaps Yes, it, it's it. But but what I'm finding, and I don't know, is it's a real mix. It's neither one thing nor the other. It's a kind of a what's appropriate at the time. And I think we've got more choice now as to how we shop. And if I know a brand, I'm much more comfortable to shop online for it because I know how it feels, how it sits. Yes. I know it's not going to let me down but if I don't know a brand I'm very loath unless it's a basic basic garment to, to, to even consider you know trying something because I just don't trust it I need to I need to understand it a bit more so it's a real mix I find myself mixing my shopping but never wanting to give up the reality of the high street ever 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 I think part of that is also something that I often try and talk to students about which is the difference between fashion and clothing. The basic clothing product, which is what Uniqlo, for example, are amazing at. Yeah. Where if you've bought a stretch t-shirt or a pair of something or whatever in Uniqlo and you know that size fits you, you're happy to keep going back and buy it online because you know their sizing, et cetera, et cetera. But it is much more clothing. And I know the founder doesn't talk about Uniqlo as a fashion brand. He talks yes. about it as a product brand. And yes. I think that's also part of the complexity now 
is people talk about all clothes as fashion and yes. a lot of clothing isn't fashion absolutely there are there are staples we used to call them basics didn't we yes. volume lines you know yeah. they are the black the white t-shirts the polar necks the crew necks you know and you just decided that season was it a polar or was it a crew you know was it a turtleneck or was it a polar neck but you always use the best quality you know the best dye stuffs you, you know you, you you thought hard about the interlocking every little detail became hyper important the more basic the garment was I, I remember that well and and I suppose yes I think people are much happier to un to understand that now those staples yes carry you a long way and and actually you can't have a decent wardrobe without them because they are the things that sort of they're the anvil they they everything else hangs around them you know if you've yeah. got your decent really good quality t-shirt that gives you the right look for that season you're definitely you know quids in it doesn't matter sort of how what else you've got if you like you can always rely on that so that's the art of good shopping isn't it that's what we used to say you've got to have those staples um in your wardrobe in order to make everything else work uh, around it so yeah never give up on that idea but i think that is a trend in a sense yeah. because i think we never viewed the staples as so important 20 years ago or 30 years ago pardon me i think we have become much more realistic about the fact that you build a wardrobe up on those things yes. and then you add your personality to it because obviously men or women have become much better about shopping and much better about fashion because the amount of information that a 20 year old today has been bombarded with yes. is very different from years ago absolutely true and you're talking about it from the consumer point of view and that's absolutely true much more advanced in in learning much more availability to what works what doesn't and how to build a good wardrobe if you think about you know things like the sunday times style and all of the sunday magazines they tell you how to build a wardrobe they spent years trying to educate us into the into a stylist way of, of you know dressing um and that's been really useful but from if i think about it from a retailer's point of view or brand's point of view those staples tony have always been important you yeah. know it, you know it's the basic line of gene that would bring in all your profit and then on top of it you'd have the sort of you know the bright red the bright orange jumper or whatever that would carry you through from a trend point of view but it was the black and white vest in the summer at miss selfridge yeah and, and the v-neck sweater in the winter <laughs> stretch that would make all the money so from a brand point of view those those huge volume lines were the basis they were the they were the foundation upon which all of your ranges were kind of built if you like um so so in a way the consumer's now looking you know to that that's the basis of your wardrobe and then you put your things on top that come and go so we educated the consumer better do you think yes i think so i think it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because it's a bit of a contradiction. You know, fashion, high street fashion is about volume sales. And actually volume sales don't equal sustainability. So you've got this sort of tension yeah. going on. Um, and I don't think fashion has been able to resolve that yet. Yeah. I think there are still debates, there's still worry, you know, um, but both consumer and manufacturer have to change their behavior. Yeah. It's not going to be just down to the manufacturer, it's also going to be down to that cognizant consumer saying, got to buy less. 
right? So if she buys, he buys less, then the brands, the manufacturers have to produce less and have to produce better. So you, it ends up being a virtuous circle. Um, so I think it's a good thing that people are educated. I think it's a good thing that we're looking at all the labels, <laughs> where stuff is made, what's it made of. I hope I don't have to dry clean this because that's not a sustainable way of looking after a garment. You know, so those sorts of things have become hyper important um, and vital to the planet. You know, we don't really have a choice. We don't have a choice. So we've got to find a way of being able to still enjoy our clothes, but being responsible as well so you know it's that balance um that's why i love that the center for sustainable fashion at lcf you know working doing the research working on ways to kind of manage that contradiction and pushing brands to do better working to balance retail online the trends buy better buy less local not global cultural appropriation, ethical sourcing. It's also down to being educated if you're going to do well in the business. And it's back to, it isn't a waste of time to study. Correct. It is never a waste of time. And it's, and in a way, those that are talented enough, it is their responsibility. You know, the future of fashion will rely on the students that are currently studying and have studied at LCCs, you know, LCF, CF, CSM, or all fashion colleges. And, you know, and sometimes they may not get a specific job in a specific role utilizing their craft, but the skills that we have taught them will never ever go to waste in life or in any, any area of life that they'll be working in. So no, long, long live the design student, long live the student of fashion, long live the creative student. I think that's the perfect close to our podcast for the moment. I think we're going to be doing some more. Thank you so very much indeed, Sim. Thank you.